0: This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. And who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me and put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink and later you may eat and drink? Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? And so you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, we are worthless slaves, we've done only what we ought to have done, the gospel of the Lord. And so, Heavenly Father, as we come to your word, we pray that we would hear not just the words of men, but the words of God, and this we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. I want to take that as my text this morning from Luke's Gospel, chapter 17, verses 5 through 10. If you're making use of the Pew Bible, you can find that page on 1041. Luke's Gospel, chapter 17, and beginning at verse 5. I've titled my talk this morning, Two Spiritual Truths two spiritual truths and these two truths are very interesting because um, they aren't readily apparent in fact we might even say that they're rather counterintuitive and the first is this that small faith is enough that small faith is enough now in the midst of uh, our struggles to do what god tells us to do, we might suppose that what we need in order to be more faithful is to have more faith. But according to Jesus, if we have faith, and even if that faith is small to us, or so it might seem, Jesus says that that faith will do if we act upon it. (laughs) And notice again verses 5 and 6. The Apostle said to the Lord, Lord, increase our faith. And Jesus said, if you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Faith the size of a mustard seed, which in Jesus' day was the smallest seed that they were aware of. There are smaller seeds but this was 2,000 years ago, and that was the smallest one of which they were familiar with. And Jesus says, if you had faith like that. And so the apostles had faith. They just thought that they needed more. Hence the request to Jesus to increase our faith. And in the context, perhaps this request was brought on by what what might have seemed to them, Jesus asking them to do something impossible. In fact, if you back up to verses 3 and 4, you'll see what I mean. Look, beginning at verse 3, Jesus tells the, the apostles, and pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times a day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, I'm sorry, you must forgive him. (laughs) And so they said, oh, Lord, increase our faith. (laughs) But Jesus says, even if you have only small faith, faith as small as a mustard seed, you can do extraordinary things. In fact, he says, uh, you could uh, say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted. It's interesting, all of the, 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 the facts related to this. The mulberry tree, which was common uh, in, in Palestine at the time, uh, had a very strong and broad uh, root system. And so they were almost impossible to remove. And so that's the point that Jesus is making. That if even if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could do the impossible. Certainly you could, you could forgive seven times a day. Even if it's small faith, if you act on it. That is, you can do the extraordinary if you do what God is telling you to do. And this, by the way, is the essence of faith. We talk a lot about faith, but faith is about action. In fact, there's Donald Miller, and I've quoted him before in his best-selling book, Blue Like Jazz. He said, what I believe, or excuse me, what I believe is not what I say I believe. What I believe is what I do. Mark Twain tells a rather humorous story, actually, about a, a businessman who is ruthless. He was rather notorious and well-known for his dishonest business dealings. He was an acquaintance of Twain. And so he said to Twain, before I die, he says, I'm going to make a pilgrimage to the Holy Land and I'm going to climb Mount Sinai and on top of Mount Sinai, I'm going to take up my Bible and I'm going to read the Ten Commandments out loud. And Twain responded, well, you can do that or you can just stay in Boston and do them. (laughs) And that seems to be what Jesus is saying here. You don't need more faith. You just need to act on the faith that you have and do what God is telling you to do. What do the people at Nike say? Just do it. (laughs) Forgive. Make God your God. Serve Him, honor Him with your time, your talent, and your treasure. Serve others as you would have them serve you. Honor your father and mother. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not lie. You don't need more faith. Just do it, Jesus is saying. And this is the key to spiritual growth. This is why many times our lives just sort of stagnate. You might ask yourself, how, oh, wow, you know, is my, am I any more like Christ than I was last week, last month, last year, last decade? <laughs> and this is the key. Indeed, I believe I quoted Leslie Vernick a, a Sunday or two ago in her book called How to Act Right When Your Spouse Acts Wrong. <laughs> He said, some of us are not growing spiritually simply because we're not putting into practice, that's doing, we're not putting into practice the things that God teaches us. And so we go in and out and in and out and in and out and we hear it. We're more more like auditors. You know auditors, you ever do that in college? Be an auditor. You don't have to pay what everybody else is paying who's going to shoot for credit and do all the work. And do the papers and take the test. You're just an auditor. You just go in and listen. <laughs> and too many Christians are auditors. They just listen and say, wow, well, that was good or not, whatever the case may be. So that's the first truth. You have small faith? That's okay, it's enough. Just act on it. The second truth is that obedience is the norm. Obedience is the norm. Indeed, with Jesus, obedience to God isn't an act above and beyond the call of duty. Rather, according to Jesus, and as disciples of his, obedience is our duty. Notice again, verses 7 through 10. And will any of you who have a servant plowing or keeping sheep, Say to him when he's coming from the field, come at once and recline at table. <laughs> will he not rather say to him, prepare supper for me and, and dress properly. Keep, your, keep your, your clothes out of my food and serve me while I eat and drink. And afterward, you will eat and drink. And does the master thank the service, servant because he did what was commanded? In verse 10, and so Jesus says, So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, We are unprofitable servants. We have only done what it was our duty to do. And what Jesus is describing here was a scene that would have been common uh, in his day. A servant returning from the field to his master's house after he had been preparing the soil for planting or shepherding sheep. He would not have been invited by his master once he got back to the estate to sit down and eat. Rather, the servant would continue serving, serving during the day out in the field and in the evening, serving back at the manor house. He would have entered in and begin preparing his master's supper, and then serving his master his evening meal. And nothing about this would have been deemed extraordinary, like, wow, what a servant. This would have been considered the pattern of life for servants in Jesus' day. Masters give orders and servants obey. And obedience was the norm. And then Jesus makes his application to us in verse 10. And so you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say we are unworthy servants or unprofitable. We've only done what it was our duty to do. And so we're called to obedience. People don't like that, especially in the West, because we have money. And so we buy things. And we're in charge. (laughs) And the customer's always right. (laughs) But that's not the relationship you have with God. God doesn't need your money. And without him, we wouldn't even exist. And so that relationship is different. And if we should get round to treating God like some sort of a clerk in a shop, it might seem good and natural at the time. But there'll come a day when you regret it. When he looks at you and says, you know, I don't know who you are. And so Jesus calls us to obedience, and that not because this is exceptional behavior for a disciple, but because obedience is normal for a disciple. And by the way, such was the way of Christ. He isn't telling his disciples to do anything that he doesn't model himself. He's not telling you to do anything that he hasn't modeled himself. In fact, in what he's saying to you and saying to me, he's saying, follow me as I serve the Father. And so we read in that famous passage, Philippians chapter 2, beginning at verse 5, have this mind or this attitude, Amongst yourselves, as believers in Philippi, as believers in Sugar Land, as the case may be, have this mind amongst yourselves, not just one or two of you, all of you, (laughs) if you're disciples of Jesus Christ. Have this mind amongst yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not not count equality with God a thing to be held on to. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. There it is, doulos, the form of a slave. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself, (laughs) becoming obedient. It's all there, by the way. Humility, obedience, servant. If a disciple is defined by following the master, here's the model. If I'm a disciple of his, then this is how I live. Not just a customer of Jesus. I call, I call a, plumbing, a plumber when I'm having a problem with the toilet. When I'm having problems in my personal life, I call Jesus. <laughs> So that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus said, he who abases himself shall be exalted and he who exalts himself shall be abased. And he experienced that. And so obedience is the way of Christ himself. And obedience is the way and was the way of the apostles. I was always intrigued Romans is said to be the the magnum opus of the Apostle Paul. The great work, the letter to the Romans, a theological masterpiece. And yet notice how he begins and how he describes himself in the very first verse of that famous letter. Romans 1 and verse 1. I, Paul, a bond servant of Christ Jesus. A bond servant is somebody who, who willingly becomes a servant to someone else. I am the slave of Christ by choice, <laughs> the great apostle says. And so Christ is a servant, the apostles following after him. Our servants, so how about you? It's very interesting. Jesus in John chapter 14 and verse 15 says, If you love me, (laughs) you will keep my commandments. Oh, I love you, Lord. Good. Or John 15 and verse 14. You are my friends if you do what I command you. And so I wonder, do you love Jesus? Are you Jesus' friend? <laughs> the answer to these questions are not revealed so much in the things that we say, but in the things that we do. And so what do your actions say about that? To spiritual truth. Let us pray. Forgive me, Lord, for not doing this. Forgive me, Lord, for not chasing close after you. Thank you, Lord, for being merciful in our lives, because we need mercy. But let these things, Lord, and what might be a surprising thing that Jesus should say, and when you've done all that it is your duty to do, say you're unprofitable, just doing what it is your duty to do. We might think, well, Lord, I mean, how am I supposed to have a high self-esteem if you're going to talk to me like that? But it's the truth. And when we embrace that truth, we become free. And we cease living our lives built on lies, but built on the truth. Jesus, you said that if we abide in your words, you we are truly your disciples, and we shall know the truth, and the truth shall make us free. However demeaning the world might say that we should See ourselves in relationship to you in the way that you describe it here. Help us just to dismiss that and to do what you say, because we love you, and we want to be your friend, indeed, a friend you can count on. And this we pray in your name. Amen.